Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a Alright, Ron, this is the singing mic, but I won't even give you the singing mic. I'll just put the effects on it on that. Okay, I'll just say. So, whatever you got for me, just get it, Ron Funches! We ripping with Griffin! Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, but we're gonna have fun. <laughs> we're ripping with Griffin Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll make a day up to week for Griffin. Yeah, all right. I'm ripping with you, you ripping with me, we ripping with we, oh, we ripping with Griffin. Ladies and gentlemen, ripping with Griffin. <laughs> all right, well, that's how I do it. I usually hand the singing mic over, but you know, in these days of like, uh, yeah, I get it. Days of COVID. <laughs> you know what's funny is like you don't know. I don't know how you deal with it, but like, you know, sometimes it's like different people deal with it in different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't, you don't even know who you, uh, you know, you might be with somebody who's just like straight up like, yo, stay away from me. Mm -hmm. And then other people are kind of like, I'm cool. You know, you know, so just determining who it is. Have you dealt with anything where you're like, okay, this is one of those? Yeah, of course. I deal with people who come straight up, try to give you handshakes and hugs in the middle of the pandemic before right. vaccinations. And it's just, you just, that's the first time. You know, I love a hug. Yeah, yeah you're a hugger. Hug person. Yeah, you I'm sure are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a great way to feel everything. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, but then you, I'd be like, no, you know what's going on right now. <laughs> so, so you, you then have, You've had a healthy fear of the virus from the beginning? I'd say not from the beginning. In the very beginning, I was like, you know, what's going on with this? This ain't even going to get over here. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing shows. And keep I know. Doing- we were in the comedy store hallway like, it ain't going to come here. Like, it can ne- <laughs> Comedy can never stop. <laughs> Cut to a year later. We're like, oh, shit, I'm doing shows in a drive-thru. Yeah, doing shows at the parking lot of the Magic Castle. At yeah. The, at the foot of magicians. Yeah. <laughs> That's the so, worst. So, so then w- at what point did you go, oh, I bet to start like this is like like where you took it like hey don't come near me or you know like what level were you were you at like 10 of like you were you know hypochondriac or like zero like where were you in there i was a solid six seven i'd say where i was I like i'm not going out i'm staying home as long as i can afford to stay home if i had to go out i would but i was like as long as i can stay home i can i didn't see anybody just me and my wife and my son we just kept staying home and that's it we didn't you know didn't see my mom didn't see anybody we just kept it low-key didn't go do anything just kept doing voiceovers that was it yeah good for you man by the way i really enjoyed harley quinn um ron was the shark what's the character killer shark or what was it he's a king he's a king Oh, the king shark. Yeah, he's the king of the sharks. Wait, don't get an attitude like <laughs> you was the shark. Okay, like this, it's not like there was like ten sharks in there, and 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 you like you you need me to distinguish between the sharks. Like, yo, 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 yo. I'm no common shark. <laughs> you was the only motherfucking shark in the in the thing. <laughs> 
dare you get insulted? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, excuse me. I, that, you know what this is like? This is like when you host in a show and somebody give you their credits. <laughs> they give you they, they, uh, Can you say like these 17 things when you bring uh, me up? That's the worst. Yeah, that's what you just did to me. Um, but yeah, okay, it was. Well, I don't feel it's the same. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm just, I'm exaggerating <laughs> for the podcast. So yes, yeah, so you did voiceovers. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like for me, you know what I did? I started gaming, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Air Griffin Gaming. Check me out. Uh, I have even have a couple videos up on my YouTube with Ron and I playing. Yeah, so I started doing that, and I just started like reinventing myself. I guess finding a ways to different how we can monetize our personality. Because I don't know about you, but I was super depressed at first because it was just like we were performing. You know, I don't know how often you performed, but you know, we're performing like two, three, four times a week in LA. But then we go out of town mm-hmm. or whatever we were doing or we're working on a set or whatever it is. And that's consistent. It's part of our life. It's who we are. Oh, we thought that's what thought that's who we were. Then this thing hit and it got all taken away. Mm-hmm. So you sitting there like, all right, how do I express these emotions? How do I get out this energy that I have all the time? And it was tough at first. How was it for you? Yeah, it's depressing. That was the thing I tell uh, my wife, we get into discussions about it. It was hard for her to even understand at first, but then she started to get it. Was just that because you know, you know, we were fine, fine, you know, worried financially for a couple months, but things started to handle out. And once I was still like, okay, I'm acting, I'm doing the voice acting, but I just can't do stand up. But that's how I've defined myself. Yes, as a stand up, this is the thing that I've used to say if I've had a good day or bad day is yes. then based off of my sets. Yeah. And when that was gone, I was like, oh, I've kind of just lost what I feel like, you know. And I love being a dad. I love all these things. But, you know, selfishly, I'm like, this is my purpose yeah. to be on stage <laughs> selling these jokes. Yeah. And I think in a way, like, it was the best lesson I ever learned to be like, oh, that's so limiting to be like, oh, this is what I am. Yes. This is all I am. It's like, no, you're so many other things. you can, And you could be so many other things, too. It's not even just like you are other things. What you realize is you can become many things. Mm-hmm. You know, I know exactly what you're saying. I had this kind of epiphany myself going through the process with just being like super depressed, also thinking, worried about finances, too. I mean, you know, when you're not one of the top 5% comics who, like, they already got millions of dollars in the bank and whatever the thing is, and they're just doing stand-up for fun and to, like, get their legacy, mm-hmm. it's different for, like, a person like myself where, like, whatever money I'm making on a weekend, we're, even if it's a nice chunk of money, we still live in paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's a nice paycheck, then you, mm-hmm. then you like, change your lifestyle. You yeah, know? Like the outcast song, if you don't move your feet, then I don't eat, and we like neck to neck. You got to say you living from that song to song from, from I mean, even whether, you know, people see you on shows and stuff, and they see that, but it's like, no, I'm going, I even, you know, that's been one of my biggest lessons is, is being open to my wife about stuff like that yeah. and being like money and be like like oh like oh, no I'll tell you like this is exactly how much this deal is and then now let me break down the ten percent here, the ten percent yeah. here, the ten, the five percent here. Yeah, the taxes. Look at that, spirits right here, boy. And not even just that. Not even just that is what you're thinking is. This is also the retirement plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what happened here? Just lost earbuds. Wait, wait, wait. What's up, guys? Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. So right now, I just want to take some time to tell you about our great sponsor of the show, BetterHelp. You got to go to betterhelp.com slash Griffin to get uh, a discount on their service. Uh, BetterHelp, it's about... 
therapy, you know, online therapy. Uh, you know, there's so many things in our life that interfere with our happiness. We've been dealing with this pandemic for a year. Now we're trying to get our lives back to normal, and that could be stressful. We've dealt with a lot of things this year, and BetterHelp, BetterHelp is uh, the online therapy that you need. I personally recommend therapy. It helps you organize your thoughts and figure out like the origins of some of the feelings that you might have. You connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. I highly recommend it. You can start communicating in under 48 hours, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is also available. That's a new thing I'm hearing about right now. So the service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise that you need. I mean, we're dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships. If you're having trouble sleeping, if you're dealing with some trauma in your life, you're dealing with anger, you have LGBT issues, you have anything that you think you want to be able to deal with and you need to talk to a certified professional counselor, better help is uh, the thing for you. All right. So um, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Listen, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash griffin. That's H-E-L-P dot com slash griffin. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash griffin for 10% off your first month. Totally worth it. Totally love better health. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, so like what I'm saying is like we um this is like so so whatever the money is you get from a show whatever it is like that, a portion of this we have to think about I got to put this away because that's the retirement plan. You know, the retirement plan for entertainers is whatever money you make now has to last you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my girl's kind of a princess, you know, she just, you know, she don't necessarily understand that part. I don't think, I think a lot of people in regular society don't understand. Like, it's not easy for us to buy a house, even though they think it is. It's not easy for, you know, because you have to prove your income. You have to, you know. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. (laughs) Yeah, when I bought my house, it was the worst thing. Basically, my money history was like, okay, uh, Two years ago, I had <laughs> negative money. Yeah. And now I got enough to get this house today. Yeah. Let, can we make this deal today? Yeah, because <laughs> in two years, it might be. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's funny that, like, when you're going to buy a house, you, you actually want to have a partner in your life that has a steady, regular job because it's going to actually be on them, which is the, which is a funny part about it. You know, it's like, but anyways, that's what I'm, so we're going through this whole process, which, you know, we're defining ourselves as this and that. And, and then, yeah, when you got somebody in your life, you got to kind of go, okay, hey, listen, let me explain to you how all this works. And it's just, it was like a whole big thing about what's important and what's not important. And I'm at a whole different place right now, you know, engaged now and just trying to reprioritize like who I am and what I do and, you know, and then, you know, I'm still doing the podcast and still doing, you know, I started the gaming. So that's became a job that I got to continue to do. And, you know, but it's just like all these different ways to do stuff. Like we did that show together on, on the, on the Amazon, that Twitch show that paid us. Like, I don't know why they paid us that much money. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're looking back on it. Like, why did well, yeah. we pay those people that let's much money? Let's not do that again. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> 
for real, dude. For real, dude. It was like, why are we doing this? You know? <laughs> and so it's like we found all these different ways to do it. And so now as the world is coming back, I think we're starting to look around and be like, no, I don't necessarily have to do it the way I did it before. Mm-hmm. No, you know? definitely. I mean, speaking of, I had a thing recently where I ha- was getting ready to go back on the road. and But then I had a like a t- online gaming related thing come up and they needed me that day and it was the first time where i was like oh i have to cancel this stand-up gig because i have a gaming gig <laughs> that's more lucrative <laughs> yeah straight up like i'm i talk i think about i made more money doing gaming related things in the pandemic than i did in stand-up the year before mm. so that made me feel like okay I'm not going to go to such and such city now for a certain amount unless it's not even just about the compensation, but is it, is this worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it? Is it fun? Is it fun? Is yeah. it worth it? Is it like, you know, I mean, it's just, just everybody out there, no matter what your job is. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there with like, they're not working from home and they might think to themselves, well, why are we going back to the office? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have to go to the office five days a week? I was just thinking about that. Uh, that mentioned it on, on the affirmations of my podcast, Getting Better with Ron Funches. I'll throw plugs in the middle of things. Please I'm a do. Professional. Uh, <laughs> I was just talking about the just the very idea of the 15-minute break is so fucking insulting. <laughs> <laughs> really? How so? Because what the fuck am I going to do with 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah. What am I supposed what amount of relaxation <laughs> am I supposed to get done yeah. in 15 it, minutes? It'd probably take you 17 minutes just to wind your brain down yes. and get away from all the nonsense that you were just dealing with all day. I know exactly but, how it went when I had a job. I remember working at the grocery store. It's been the first five minutes talking shit about whatever customer <laughs> that pissed me off before. Yeah. I spent that next five picking out lunch for later or trying to text someone at home making sure the home life was okay and then you spend that last five looking at that clock wishing you had that other minutes back yeah it's not relaxing at all and just the um i think a lot of people i've been talking to on twitch people who have been working from home who are now going back to work is this that they're having a hard time now i think like it's this kind of thing like where you remove the veil for a while and now you're trying to put it back on yeah and people are like no i can get the same amount of work done in three hours as i used to do coming here for eight hours a day yeah and i don't have to deal with you yeah <laughs> you know what i mean that that middle management piece of shit that like that person who That's thinks gumming up the work yeah 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 they have to like you know be like they make themselves feel important so they got to be all on you it's like nah i don't i can one, I don't got to get dressed, you know, so I, so I could do this from home in a robe. Oh, you don't know how much I was cursing you driving over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, you know, uh, pocket, pocket. It is a better atmosphere and energy once I got here for yeah. sure. Bro. <laughs> I made you a matcha. You know? <laughs> yes, that's true. It is delicious and buttery and flavorful, <laughs> but not overly sweet. It's a perfect matcha. Yes, yeah, honey with oat milk. <laughs> So it's healthier too. I love it. I love it. It is good. So I, yeah, I'm glad I. And I know what you're saying, man, about just everything that we do. Like I don't know. Have you? Have you? You've worked on a set in the past year, right? And and during the mm-hmm. thing, yeah, I just got finished doing two things. And man, I'm telling you, these these COVID, you know, restrictions are just. Sometimes I just I don't get it. Sometimes. Yeah, just in the, it's so funny though because um. You could tell the safety ones are like, okay, I get safety, it's fun, but then 
now it's also the ones where you really like uh, uh like man you guys are just really reinforcing this call sheet and this guest star thing where you're like where they're just like oh, okay because I, I, i'm doing the guest role i need four masks on and, yeah. and don't touch the, the regular actor dude it's so weird no my thing about it is like to me it's just a dog and pony show okay well he's like let's not get sued it's a right know, show up to the you know these, it's for optics yeah, yeah, yeah to me what they should do is offer a waiver they should say like because because i don't know about you but if I'm saying yes to an acting job, I'm saying I'm totally fine with getting COVID or not getting COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I well, I just I, I think I diverge from you there. <laughs> but how though? Like it's like if you're willing, if you're saying I'm going to go work on a set where we we, we got to be around a bunch of people, mm-hmm. I think you're making that agreement where you're saying like, okay. This is a you have the chance because we're not being socially distant. We're pretending like COVID doesn't exist in this universe of this movie or TV show. Mm-hmm. So we're we're saying that hey, I'm okay. I I I I agree. I'm okay with the risk. I think the risk is worth the reward. Yeah. Well, I think you're saying yeah. I mean, I guess if you put it that way, that you're saying like I'm aware of uh, the risk I'm taking. Yes, I'm aware of the risk I'm taking, and I'm okay with it. You, I mean, because they're so worried because it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, they have all these things, red zone or yellow yeah. zone, all this shit. You know, like group are you? Yeah, in? what group are you? You have your mask on mask, mask. And then everybody's got your, the other people got to shoot them. And then when they say action, this comes off. So you think COVID is just like, oh, they they, they filming. So let me just, <laughs> let, me, let me just <laughs> wait oh, over here. No, not, when the red light's on. <laughs> right, right, right. You act like COVID is going like this. Oh, this is such a good scene. <laughs> Let me wait for them to put their masks on. So to me, I go, at that moment, (laughs) you don't care about health and safety, Hollywood. Like, don't tell me that, like, so the times we have our masks off on, oh, safety, 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 safety. But we got to get this shot. So so what I'm saying is, like, we have to get tested two times, every every two days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people are now... When I say most people, I'm talking about the country. I'm talking about most people that are working in the entertainment business that I, that I know have gone out of their way to get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of this, this exact thing. Get back to work. They want to get back to work. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> because it's uncomfortable. Like, you, when you have the mask on, you, you feel it's a weird thing. Yeah, you know? it's hard to act with the mask. Yeah, it's, on, it, you rehearse with the. You're mask rehearsing. On. You just, there's something. Then you have the makeup on and all this kind of shit. I know it's first world problems. Okay, I know there's yeah, people out I'm there. Yeah, usually just cracking. It's not like I'm doing drama. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> even still, though, there's a, something about being in a good mood. Mm-hmm. So when you're, if, if I'm supposed to be the comic relief in this thing, well, how can I do this, man? I just did this, uh, this Ray Romano movie. You know. It's it's really great. He, this Italian that's family. Cool. Yeah, that's the. You got scenes with Ray. Yeah, yeah. Do what? Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but I'm like the comic relief in a drama in a dramedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like the <laughs> the guy, the COVID Gustapo, I call him. They're just on set. You know what I mean? You can't even breathe without them tapping in your. Hey, I need you to. I need you to put your mask on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so the guy, like this guy, would show up out of nowhere. And so, like, and I, we were starting to get contentious, you know. Yeah. Well, that thing that's even that's bigger than the guy, right? To you, that just takes you probably back to school, and that's the nerd who was like, "Teacher, you forgot to give us homework." Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then, oh no, Eric didn't do this, and you're just like, 
fucking nerd. yeah i know you piece of shit but at the end of when i rapped though i went up to him and i was like yo man i know you're just doing your job thank you and you know what i mean it's just it's tough you know and then he now was I like i got beef with the script supervisor <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh don't even get me started have you been on have you been on sometimes you have a super, script supervisor that's a complete nazi and sometimes you have one that are just more lax but i've had both and i just i just can't stand a person that comes over hi ron this is it's not really for me the, the producers <laughs> they were looking at the, the 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 replay and we need you to say the <laughs> the tomato you yeah. said a tomato <laughs> and you just go okay you know it's hard as a comic though as like when you get like a script especially if it's a comedy script it's hard to not put your stank on it right yeah. away that's why you hire me but, but at the same time though I also do recognize that Whoever wrote this has been working on this for like six months to maybe even longer, mm-hmm. and they have it ready to go to the point where they're shooting. And then here we come and talking about that's giving you know what this would be funnier. That's but that's giving people a lot of uh, uh, you. You're really being like, oh, they've been meticulously working on it. <laughs> well, I mean, you, come we've on. seen these scripts. We go out for the same role half the time. You're like, did you finish the spell check on this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm with you on that. All I'm saying though is, I I now know sometimes it's okay to like give them the first read. Yes. How 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 they put it on paper. Yes. Just to be like, oh, I said it that way, and then you just go, you know, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just don't shit all over them. I think that's the thing. As a, I learned early as a comedian, because I used to do that. I used to just couldn't hide it because it's competitive. Yeah, it was, yeah, right? yeah. You know, yeah, so I'd yeah. read a line and I go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then I do you want to say it like this? You know, yeah. <laughs> I see a writer go, bend, you know, just head just droop, and I just be like, oh wait, this is important to them, you know. Uh, but yeah, nothing. I mean, I did this uh, small scene, couple scenes in the movie myself recently, and that was my like true like, gives me these highs, like um, like when I first started stand up, of when like. I do take a chance and I don't tell because like, I feel like if you tell them and you add, you know, nothing's worse. You were better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah, 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 You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, can I do this joke? Yeah. And then they're like running it by four or five people before yeah. you get to it. So then I'm always just like, okay, I'll, one scene and the next one, I'll just do something completely different. And then I did this one and then I heard the group supervisor, who was a great lady. I've worked with her before from um, Blackish a bunch of times. So she, you know, respects me and knew I would do it anyway. Uh, but to go offline and then to hear her laugh like that's when i'm like this is the freaking best because you're supposed to tell me i messed up yeah but you're like no he that's so that's funnier that's good which is the whole job to me anyway i don't like it when people get so um my favorite type of people i work with are just collaborators problem solvers not these people who are like i have a vision you know even when i write my own stuff i i think maybe because i come from that background i'd be like look like i have an idea but I want you because I believe you can add to it. You know, like if I was getting unless you, it, I want you. you unless know? it's something like, and I also understand if like there's some words that you have to say in this moment. You you could change each how I have mine, so you yeah. can like have more space. Yeah, keep knocking wait, 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 it. Wait. Go like this. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah lots of angles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get a better. <laughs> but <laughs> if there's like some word that. Caught that this person is going to respond to, yeah, then you go, okay, I get this. But I know what you're saying. Sometimes you just want to go off the, you know, you, you just, you just, just our comedic 
style. I mean, sometimes you just know what the joke is. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. I know what this joke is, and there are many words to say this joke. Yeah, and so that's really what we're like. We're finding my character would say it this way. Yeah, I know your destination. And you you chose the left and the right, but what if I just went this way? Yeah. yeah. But I also like when a writer or like the executive producer comes to you immediately is like, you know, we're not married to these words. Oh, we like, you know, then you just yeah. kind of, you know, that's when it's great. But sometimes you have these people that are like, oh, we really, you know, we want to get it. Like, let's get, let's get on book, the script, yeah. you know. And so, you know, it is what it is. Now, speaking of doing movies and stuff like that, let's even get to the even like, while you're here. Nice. <laughs> professional uh so you you've well, been trying to get be on your podcast for like this last year and it took a i know because of the thing promoters to make it no, you would, dude you would have been on before it's just the pandemic i don't you don't know who, <laughs> what people's uh comfortability uh is and you know you know what i mean and by the way you understand i hate asking people to be on the podcast yeah, of course. when it's like you know it, it's just that's why i've been doing so many solos now just because I feel like it's just me. I could just do it. I bring Rachel on and we talk stuff. You know, I go, oh, let me just make it about me. You know, because then it depends on who the guest is for the then the people are like, oh, yeah. I wanna well, you, yeah, you're trying to promote yourself anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you're in a mo- new movie. It's called Golden Army. Oh, Arm. Arm. Nice. nice. They're going to hate you. Uh, go- <laughs> should we do it? Should I, should I edit it? <laughs> no, I really want you to keep this. <laughs> it's the silver leg. Is that what? <laughs> silver leg. I believe you play <laughs> Prince Shark. Uh, so the, you downgraded it. The porpoise prince. Yeah. <laughs> How about you tell me about the movie? <laughs> it's called Golden Arm. Golden, I, I, I got it right. Golden Arm. Yeah, it's out right now. It is a female arm wrestling comedy, an over-the-top style comedy. If you remember that arm wrestling movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it stars uh, Mary Holland, Betsy Sidero, Eugene Cordero, myself, uh, Aparna Nancharla, a lot of wonderful people. And it's just a great comedy. I play Carl, who owns and operates the arm wrestling tournament and is a lover and purveyor and pusher of strong beautiful women all right that sounds like how a pimp would say it but <laughs> a little bit i'm making something on the back end uh, you just you dressed that up nice but <laughs> all right um well that's great you know um is it is it in theaters or it's on? It's online. It's both in theaters and on demand. So if you're comfortable with going out, go out there. Go and out, watch go it. out. I do encourage that. It's a great experience. I went back to the theaters for the first time recently and saw Mortal Kombat with my son. That oh, was... great! So you were thoroughly disappointed with that, huh? No, I see. I knew, <laughs> but that's who you are. That's who you are. What, what did you, do you want? Mean, that's who I you am. want Shakespeare? What did you want? No, no, no. no. I'm not. No, no. See, how come it got to be that extreme? I don't necessarily want shakespeare but i want something that's like better than that you oh, know what i mean i thought it was great i liked it let's go blow for blow on it what you didn't like I'll tell okay you what i like the first i like the first 15 minutes of the movie first 15 minutes because i because i love that sort of like i love that sort of asian kung fu mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm like anytime it's like you know it's the the, the stoic dad who is like the, the this like warrior who is mm-hmm. semi retired type of you thing. You seen the and, new Black Samurai anime no, on Netflix? No, I haven't seen that I yet. I just watched the first two episodes. While I was getting my nails done today. I'm about to check that out. Ooh, ooh, oh, I like to do that too. Good for you. Yeah, I, you I, got a person? I, I go to this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you got somebody. Oh. Natasha, she's great. <laughs> 
Name's Natasha and Noir Nails. Everybody go see so Shannon Sharp, Jaleel White, me. Oh, it's like it that. Me feel, yeah, so it made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. You got to be one of those people like they, if they if they if there's like something on you know something on the Bravo channel where they, you know where they go like oh hair and nails are the stars and you like that this person will be on there is that yeah, kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, okay. Great. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm, let me get the hook up. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I liked about the at the beginning of the movie, but then it just got ridiculous when it went into modern times, mm-hmm. and this guy who like I just don't get. Yeah, okay, we can agree there. I don't know who this who guy is. is he? Why he wearing a wicker basket? Yeah, what's happening? He got no powers. He didn't look like a good fighter at yeah, all. Yeah. He got his ass beat by regular people. Yeah, so how is he all of a sudden a Mortal Kombat person? Didn't seem like it was gonna happen I, to I, me. I talked about this on Bobby's podcast. I wanted to do did bad friends like a mm-hmm. guest host, and I was saying about this like this dragon tattoo. If you just have a random dragon tattoo on you, you're not gonna just like Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the world. The Mortal Kombat. World. You do play Mortal Kombat Eleven. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's, like it. Oh, you don't like Mortal Kombat Eleven? No, dude. Because when you play online, those eight-year-olds on there with their little fingers are you. you it's not fun. It's, they're really good. I can't have any fun because I'm not playing. Rachel's not playing Mortal Kombat I'll with play me. With you? Yeah. Boy. Well, but but it's just I I, I wish I can get my money back. <laughs> That was a waste of ninety nine dollars. It's a great game. You're completely wrong. But you got to think <laughs> that okay. If you look at the movie as is like Cole's movie, it's a bad movie. But that's like looking at Community through Joel McHale's lens when it's not through at best. The movie is the battle between Sub Zero and Scorpion. Listen, I'm with you. All of that. Listen, I'm like I enjoyed Godzilla. You know, it's a great movie. That I enjoyed that one, movie yeah. because it's just like yeah. No, this is Mortal Kombat. No Godzilla versus Kong. Okay, but it's in the same. It's in the same genre okay. of like yes. th- we're not looking for Shakespeare. I just want to have a good entertaining time and see some fighting. You know, you like I say, kung, also, kung fu fixes a lot of shit. Let's not lie. Let's not lie. We both probably love Godzilla versus Kong because it's got a chubby b- black male lead. And you're, when I see a funny chubby black male lead in a I'm, movie, my first thought is how come I didn't go out for this? <laughs> <laughs> That's- that's always my first thought. And then the second thought is like, well, good. Yes. Because that means. That means they reaching for it. They, they reaching. going. <laughs> that means a few years from now yeah. when he's too busy. Listen, I'm always I'm always okay with like, like if I'm like, you know, you, you can understand this language. Where you are on the call sheet, okay, I'm always going to be between like four and nine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Depending on how many cast members there are, mm-hmm. and occasionally we might get lucky where we get in like that sitcom where we're the fat mm-hmm. dude and then in the skinny wife, mm-hmm. and it's like that's our whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and where we get lucky and get a Deuce Bigelow type of thing, Ace Ventura, or whatever the you know, and even not even that because he was so you know. But I'm just saying, like you know, so I know how it is to be right in the pocket there, and I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna be the best friend to the hot guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I feel like you looking at your, you telling yourself an old truth, and the new truth is that you're like you're the you're the uh, you're the dad lead of a family sitcom right. where you're over overworked by all these kids. That's what I'm saying. That, that I, I know. That's when we could be number one on the call sheet. I'm saying. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know what you mean. <laughs> no, no, exactly. You know, you're the modern day Cosby or something mm-hmm. like that. You know well. what I mean? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> 
So like, like we everybody loved him, and then we found out all this shit. You That's know what I mean? true. So I mean, so we can't. We but can't. we also a lot of people knew about that stuff. I mean, there was always the rumors in the Spanish. Fly. You know what? I didn't know. See, didn't hear I never heard anything like that. I mean, it's just because like, you know what the thing is is like. You know, I come from an era where we didn't have internet. We mm-hmm. information was all the news, or it was like magazines, and it was just like you know gossip. And we never really had the um the the, the amount of information that's out there right yeah, now. It's crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Like, could you imagine like James Brown if he had to live through the internet age? That he, guy he, was going into places and shooting up bars. Yeah, yeah, man. But, but, but how about this one, Babe Ruth? Mm. Babe Ruth wouldn't be revered Mm-mm. if the media was the way they are now. They, Babe Ruth was a fat drunk taking drugs, you know. You know, but he was back then. The press protected their stars. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Well, we want to revere this guy. He's our guy." Now they're looking for ways to take you down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if any of the people that were celebrities of our childhood could have made it now. I mean, they would have got Cosby. Before he even got on TV, <laughs> yeah, Jordan, Jordan would have been a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have been in trouble. I think uh, even if you look at like the pre, like like the top most famous, famous, famous celebrities, like Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. if his life was scrutinized in the way that people's lives are scrutinized now, I don't know if he would have become Michael Jackson. Mm. You know. I just don't know, uh, you know, OJ, all these kinds of people that who knows what would have happened. I mean, it's like the, I think more truths would have come out. I mean, because like the whole thing with Michael Jackson, man, it's like that all started pre-internet, and it now that it's in the internet age, you can go down a deep rabbit hole looking up Michael Jackson stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so many um, like lawyers and press people who have been studying this for like twenty years. Are, are totally on his side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have people that believe all the allegations and then you have these people who have been like actually studying it and looking at the depositions and reading all the facts and telling you things about... And so you go, man, look how they're delving into people's lives right now with all this. I mean, just recently, the, the case was thrown out again, by the way. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the guy the guy from the, from the HBO documentary mm-hmm. who said all these things about him, that... Um, the, the, the judge threw it out again. This is a frivolous lawsuit with no merit. You know, this guy's. This is like his thirteenth attempt. <laughs> you know, so I mean, anyways, my point is, I don't know if with all that this information that's out there, it's amazing that people can even reach the fame that they reached right now. Yeah, but I think I mean, I'd rather have people know. I'd rather be like, is that guy a weirdo? Oh, I know. Than than being like, I don't know. But do we know? Even yeah. in this. No, you don't know. This is what I'm true. saying. I mean, so, like I just saw this thing. So Justin Bieber got dreads in his hair. Okay. Yeah, I seen it. All right. So now people are talking about cultural. He like uh, a, a foreign lady on vacation. <laughs> like when you take your teenage daughter to Cancun and she come back. Yeah, she come back. She hanging with the little kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, and she come back like, what happened? She got Jamaican boyfriend. Now. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, man. The funny thing about it is people talk about cultural appropriation. I looked it up because I just wanted to. I looked up. Origins of dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. You know what? Celts, mm. Germanic, Germanic tribes, Vikings, they all wore dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. All those white. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just like India. More of like a dirty, like those more like dirty locks, though, right? Those aren't. I like- don't even know. I don't. I, what I'm saying though is like. For people to like in this modern era to like like to cancel people and attack mm-hmm. people for things. 
they don't even know history of shit, really. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I see that all the time. You see that every day where people don't know what they're talking about, but they feel so righteous. About they feel things. so righteous. And so I'm looking at this, 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 they're getting on this kid about like this kid that you made famous. <laughs> oh, he's an adult now. He's yeah, you, a grown man now. But I'm saying they, 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 for now 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you know, I always say like when he was like 15, when he was nine, they told him he was great. When he was 10, they told him he was great. 11, 12. And the whole time he was like, I'm not great. Come on. And after he gets to like 15, 16, he was like, maybe I'm great. Mm-hmm. 17. Oh, I think I'm pretty good. As soon as he turned 18, he was like, I'm great. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, buddy. We got to slow you down a little bit here. So it's like they build him up to tear him down, to build him back up, to tear him down. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, like, it's another outcast. Out, you just if you want all all about life, just listen to the whole outcast discography. Listen to that song, "The Whole World." That's what that song's about. Oh wow, you you deep into the hip hop references. I like it. Yeah, well, you know, I said the outcast was better than the Beatles, and then some people got mad, and then Andre three thousand sent me some art that he signed for me, and so that made me feel amazed. Oh wow, you said outcast was better than the Beatles. Yeah, that's interesting and truthful. I think that the Beatles' impact is better than Outkast. I'd like to go. We're I talking would about, like to dig deep into this again. Let's do, do it. You know more a lot about the Beatles because I know a lot about Outkast. See, I I know enough to know that we're still talking about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I, I think in fifty years they won't be talking about Outkast. I disagree. Oh, really? It's why? Tell why? Because Outkast. We could go down full lineage of so many things that they done. And I can go a little bit point for point. You could go Beatles. People talk about Beatlemania. The things coming over from the UK into America. The people going into the UK sound. But they didn't really pull much. You get more out of the, with the Ramones, some other things. You don't pull many other bands out of the UK, right? Besides yes, yes, yes. the Beatles, right? They, that's, what that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If we're talking musically, just the musicality of like the two yeah. different things. I might agree with you in terms yeah, of like, you know. But no, I'm even going to go, I'm going to go impact wise is that you go then, if you look at Outkast, they created their own type of Beatles mania in Atlanta. And the fact that if you go back into the Southern playlist of Cadillac music and their Source Awards win in 96, you go back in New York and everybody's booing the crap out of them. Because back then they didn't want to listen to anybody from the South. They didn't yeah, want to yeah, listen yeah. to anyone that wasn't from New York or from Los Angeles. If you were from anywhere else, you couldn't have a career. And now the entire rap industry is based out of Atlanta. And that's because of the work of people, not just Outkast, people like Jermaine Dupree, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Outkast <laughs> was the big reason why now every good, every big rap album comes from the South now, and that's that's their own version of Beatles mania. They have their own lineage as well, you know. At the, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think it like I I was on Josh Adam Meyer's podcast about he has this countdown of the top 500 albums of mm-hmm. all time. And, and I got into a big debate with him because I said, well, Beatles are the original boy band. They're the first boy band. Mm-hmm. And he totally disagreed with me. He's like, they're not a boy band. I was like, y- y- yes, they are a boy band. And just because they because people have this uh, uh, perception that because boy bands don't play their own instruments, they don't write their own music. That's not true. Freaking the, the what is it? Oombop kids. Mm-hmm. They, they played every single instrument, wrote every single song. <laughs> You know what I mean? Justin Timberlake writes songs when he was, you know, some of the Backstreet Boys wrote, wrote songs. They did. Th- I mean, just you know, they this that mania. But also, I think that song for song, mm-hmm. I think that the Beatles catalog Mm-mm. 
is going to be, you know, you, you mean, Beatles catalog is pretty extensive, man. It is, but you not. Hey, Jude. Man. Come on, man. Hey, Imagine. Hey, y'all. Okay. <laughs> okay, there's one. Hey, Jude. For every, hey, one, for every one of Outcast songs, mm-hmm. Beatles got probably two or three of, e- of equal, of equal, like, wow, that was a big song. I think we could go make a versus. We could do a versus. <laughs> Beatles versus Outkast. I can go jam for jam for jam for jam yeah. with, with the Beatles. But, and by the time. But did you, the Bee Gees make an Outkast movie? <laughs> Idle Wild is an Outkast movie. Okay. All right. Nobody saw that, but I get you. <laughs> I didn't see the I didn't see the Beatles movie. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart I Club didn't band. I see it. No. Oh, well, that's old school. That's 80s, man. That's what I'm talking about. Times are changing. Outkast I I, is the new best band in the Times have changed. Time. But we're talking about. The Beatles have been revel- relevant now mm-hmm. for what, fifty years? I mean, sixty years. Sure, they're relevant. Sure, like I, what I'm. What, so, I'm saying I'm not trying to buy a new Beatles album. I'm well, there's no. They, well, they, there could be no new Beatles album because they saying, all dead practically. Exactly. Another point, <laughs> Outcast. <laughs> oh, you giving them a point for being alive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that is a big take. It's a big take for you to like just outright say out so that outcast career catalog music influence you think is greater than the Beatles. I think of of if you look at the effect of the modern era, if you go back and you're like, oh, of course the Beatles and this and that, and you couldn't because people are go, well, we wouldn't even have Outkast if it wasn't for Beatles. Like, yeah, that's how technology works. That's how music works. That's yeah, how yeah, anything yeah, yeah. works. But also, how that works is that things get better. And yeah, I yeah. feel like that the Outcast has learned there's pop hits, there's deep lyrics, there's everything you want. There's a, there's songs that are being played today that you forget. Like, the last Outcast album was about 17 years ago. So, and they're still playing. Hey, yeah, they're still playing Roses. They're still playing Rosa Parks at stadiums when you go to basketball games. You know, that's a- well, because those are the because they're cheap to get. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the reason. I don't think that's the reason. I think because those licensing fees are not as high. <laughs> I think as, they got high as new music. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, that's their fault. That's the Beatles' fault for thinking that they're so. The Beatles. the Beatles are like, oh, we're so great. You can't have our music. Like, get well, you know, no, no, you know, it's not the Beatles. It's all the people that bought. Like, you know, there's a whole thing. Michael Jackson bought mm-hmm. half their catalog. You know, you know what I mean. And he, you know, was using that. I mean, that's that's how influential that was. You know, that he he spent he made so much money off the Beatles catalog. I mean, if you just go, I think if you go dollar for dollar, it's probably not even close. All right, but nigga, Doritos sell billions of dollars. Who gives? So you think Beatles are Doritos? Yeah, Doritos. So what? So, so wait, so the Beatles are Doritos? <laughs> what is Outcast? Is caviar? Is that what you said? Oh, okay, yes. Caviar, but if we're going to stay in the chip world, they hey, Sausalitos. The they Sausalitos. <laughs> You the only motherfucker eating Sausalitos. That's the problem. You, you just an obs- you just an obscure you an obscure chip eater. That's all it's that the is. The best chip though is the most flavorful chip. <sighs> this is like a ketchup sriracha argument. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, sriracha is better. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. I get it, but ca- I mean, catch up. You can't. <laughs> well, it depends on where you at. Depends on where you at. I just. All right. I mean, I'm not gonna to like it. all day long. I've been listening to Outkast to think about this argument. I didn't listen to any Beatles to have a counterpoint, but I listened to a lot of Outkast. Well, you gotta be like, listen. I'm not gonna go musicality for musicality. I'm not gonna go talent yeah, for you talent. Win. You wouldn't win. Because you, you can argue either way. I mean, no, jo- you, you know, know you would lose. I mean, um, John um, John Lennon, the dude was. You know, he was a great songwriter, performer. Absolutely. Paul great McCartney, man. he's still relevant today. He tours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they got, I mean, they they were, I mean, you, you can't deny the no. influential. Of course not. You know, and, 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 and the thing too, though, in our society, um, a white star, mm-hmm. okay, has a, has a greater reach mm-hmm. from that era because, you know, like, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are white people mm-hmm. in middle America who you could play an outcast song and they couldn't tell you mm-hmm. that that's outcast. That's so but I bet most black people yeah. could hear a Beatles song and go, yes. is that the Beatles? <laughs> and that's my point. That was my entire point in making that argument when I went on Twitter. Is mm-hmm. this, I, I don't like that. I'm sick of that. I think that's the next, yeah. um, to me, that's the next post of dealing with like, systematic racism latent uh, prejudice is to not um respect and and you know revere other culture to to fact you know the whole black excellence thing is like the fact that you have to be excellent to be worth something yes i know know exactly what you mean yeah as if as if it's like you know so you have to be like the best of the best to be like you know whereas like they let mediocre white shit go like all the time like you know just look at tv you know what i mean like just like boom boom you know it's like i know exactly what you're saying it's like i I mean and i don't even think it's it's conscious but i even feel it like when i pitch my projects work my projects always is fine i mean it's what you're talking about fine tooth comb fine tooth comb and then i'll read an audition from some like just you know some well-to-do white director or white writer and it's like Oh, this is rough. Like, and this yeah. was okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a weird thing. But at the same time, though, to play devil's advocate on that, because I, I have two problems with what you're talking about. Not what you're saying. I'm saying, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, just in agreement with what you're talking about is that you know, the, the to me, not enough black dollars are spent on black stuff. That's for sure. You know, so like, there's enough black wealth mm-hmm. in the country mm-hmm. to actually make a big, huge difference mm-hmm. and influence. Because black culture still has a super large influence on young white kids. It has the biggest influence. I mean, that's the, we talk about time. Music. You take, if you. Fashion. You know. Yeah. The biggest, like, hits where there's fat, and this is probably a wild take for people, but if you know truthful stuff, I think, Eric, you won't think it's wild at all, but most of the big hits we see of these things are, like, black culture are you know and to be honest black culture or gay culture that they didn't water down and put through the viewpoint through a, a white male or a white female and then they go boom we got it you know yeah that happens so much yeah 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 and yeah. i get sick of that to me because that's just like i mean that's what i talk about i just want um i wanted there to i talk about that all the time where like you grow up and thinking it's this is just kind of this uh, white normalcy of being like I'm supposed to know the Bee Gees I'm supposed to know the Beatles I'm supposed but you don't need to know Al Green you don't yeah, need yeah, to know yeah, Earth, yeah, Wind yeah, and yeah, Fire yeah, yeah, yeah. you know oh, you, or they knew they know it in this peripheral like it's like it, it's it's like there but they just go oh yeah, yeah. I know that yeah, you know yeah. I know but you know I, 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 I remember back in the day my buddy 
See, we grew up in an era now where, you know, we look at TV. I watched Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. I watched Seinfeld because it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. But I also watched Martin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I also watched. So, but there are people who These like. the things I watched today. <laughs> yeah. But I had a buddy of mine. He was white. And I remember him saying to me, he was like, yeah, I didn't, I don't watch. He was talking about some black shows. He was just like, well, you know, I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't relate to it or whatever. So is is it is as if he couldn't find the humor in it because he he felt well this is only funny to black people then right and it's like we you know as minorities we never had the luxury to do that mm -mm. like no we, Seinfeld is one of the most um like specific culturally point of view of the most like you you're that's an, another like that's exactly a perfect example of it is like. How many black people or of people of all cultures know so many Jewish things because they watch Seinfeld? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that was okay, and that's fine, and it is okay. It is fine. I want to learn about that. That's one of the things that makes it interesting. That's what makes any show, that's what made Workaholics amazing to me, is that when you watched it, you were like, oh, this is a world. They have a, their lingo, they have their point of view, and I'm being invited into it. Yeah. And no matter what it is, whether it's Seinfeld, Workaholics, uh, Martin, and when you talk about Martin, I, I, that's one of my absolute favorites. I think it's one of the best sitcoms ever made, just because... Hey, you have a, a, a immense generational talent in Martin Lawrence in his prime. Right. And it is a classic sitcom, structurally done perfect. Just everything is like, it could these could be I Love Lucy episodes. They could be whatever episodes. And it's done through the lens of a black dude from Detroit. And that was groundbreaking to have this dude yeah. basically doing like a 70s, 80s TGIF sitcom. But with black characters, and to me, I mean, I do the same thing. Like my my wife, who's Canadian, so she has the double thing of she grew up in a white, right. small Canadian yes, town. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm always. Trying but then to you watch, like you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like you know, I think when you're a minority, you you find your lens is you know wider. You just because you you end up having to look at all these different things, and then you like you can appreciate it, enjoy so many different things because you don't see enough of your own thing. There's not enough stuff being made. Uh, you know, by the way, good stuff too, by the way, too. Like, I'm not one of these people that's just like, I got to watch this because it's black. Yeah, for sure. No. You know, because then it's just like, it's not good. Mm -mm. Sometimes it's just not good or it's not your cup of tea. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then you got like, you know who Chris, I think his name is Chris Tilly. Lily, he's Australian mm -hmm. or he's from New Zealand. I'm not sure where he's from. This dude is like he reminds me of Tracy Ullman. Like, oh yeah, yeah, Chris Willie. Yeah. He might be certifiably insane mm -hmm. just because of how he could do all these different characters. characters yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But he mm -hmm. got this show, Jamae, you know, Catholic school girl. Mm -hmm. That is my jam. Like that shit is so funny that this forty year old dude is pretending to be fifteen year old girl, and just like being like, just you know. But that's through that guy's lens. And then also the cultural of like, this is how they are in Australia, mm -hmm. you know? So I can watch that and be like, oh, I can enjoy this. But this kind of stuff comes to America. And sometimes, you know, pe American people, like, they, it's like, it's as if we've been trained that everything should be white. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a race discussion, guys. I'm just telling you, like, we become accustomed to, like, like when we watch TV, we think, okay, you know, we, when things, Cause now we're noticing it. You like watch TV and you can go like, oh, you can see all white characters. And you're like, this is just a show. But if you're like, this is all black, oh, this is a black show. 
Yeah. That's a difference. Even, but to, to flip it the other way, me and my wife will have this discussion where she's like, she goes like, you love Seinfeld and it's set in New York and they don't have any black main characters, but you won't watch Friends because it's set in New York and it doesn't have any black characters. And I go like, well, Friends is more aggressively white. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're going out of their way to be white. <laughs> yeah, Seinfeld at least has you know what a it lot is? of minor characters. No, no, no. You know what I, it is? I believe that these four people wouldn't have a lot of black friends. <laughs> That's what it is. Like, I don't believe that this, this character of Seinfeld George, Elaine, and Kramer, they I believe their world is that's their world. Mm-hmm. As opposed to these these friends people, it's like, nah, you know some black people. Mm-hmm. Black people go to coffee shops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it becomes like a it's there there is a difference. But then what we're just we're just talking about semantics and stuff, or, or we're talking about like, you know, artistic how things are presented. And like as like I said, as a minority, you have to look at things like that. You you know we don't we can't just accept things. But nowadays when you like, so now because of like they're going overboard with everything. It's like you know let's diversify everything to make you know the woke people feel good. That's noticeable too. Mm-hmm. But at the same pandering, pandering. Mm-hmm. But but I guess you got to go through the pandering phase so it becomes okay for us because it's like when you see when I watch a commercial and I see like okay here's this black guy and this like Asian woman or something right. And you kind of go, what are they doing? Yeah, there is, there is you know, what not a, what's a, happening here? Uh, uh, a couple, of, if you will go by Hollywood commercials, there is not a single couple in the world that is the same race. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nowadays. Every couple in yeah. the world is either a black woman. <laughs> and that's not woman, what we're asking. A black woman and a white man. <laughs> it's always. It's, yeah. I think I think what we're really asking for is like 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 how you're wording it is like we want to just see things through the lens of whoever that is, no matter who it is. It's like if they're white, then it's okay that they're white, you know. Like let's make like cause I feel like they're sometimes ruining people's white stuff. Mm-hmm. Like because how many times have you gone out for a role where? Oh, I mean the ones where we end up at the audition together, me and bro, bro. <laughs> 100 Bronx. you know what those are this is what happens they in a room they write a white sitcom they just it's not not that they it's not that they're it just so happens that all these characters are white they wrote the white the, the guy's name is jimmy and the girl's name is helen and they, they they write this sitcom to get it done and then when they go through the process they start to go this is all white y'all should audition we want this character to be black we want this character to be non-white and then we come in yep and we reading James, mm-hmm. you know, we're reading James, and then we're looking at this, and we're like, "He's white. This guy's white. <laughs> Just make him white." Yeah, from the way he talks, he's white. The way he talks, his experience, whatever this is, make yeah. him white. See, to me, that's not where the shit should change. Not at that level. To me, it should change at the at the creation level, where it's like, hey. You know, when you that's how you end up with a show called Black Lady Sketch Show. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to talk about a lens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They putting the shit in the name. Like, this is this is Black Lady Sketch Show. But you often see that when you see a show that, like, from the perspective of women, like, if it's a show about women, for women, they have a, it's like you're, you, you, you're sitting like you're a fly on the wall. Mm. 
You know, you're learning something like, like Insecure is like that. Mm-hmm. I love Insecure. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm a fly on the wall when I watch that show. I feel like, oh, I'm watching these black women be black women. Yeah, even um, if we go back before that, like Sex in the City. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. Sex in the City was like that, even though it was all white. Mm-hmm. But still, it's from the lens of these white women, these privileged white women living in New York, dealing with privileged white women problems. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? I'm fine with that. I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, wow, I, they don't have no black friends? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. But all I'm saying is, like, let's also have the four black girl show, you know, or the mixed friends show or whatever it is that, you know, can we, can you find a way, can you, white America, can you find a way to see yourself within that with, without just looking at race? Because that's what people do. Like when you talk about workaholics, so many kids come up to me and they're like, oh man, that was me and my friends. So they found something to relate. Mm-hmm. I think you can find something to relate. And that's why when the Cosby show was at its height, that's what people related to. They were like, Oh, it's just a dad, a mom. I want a dad like that. I want a mom like that. I want a, oh, mm-hmm. I had brothers and sisters like that. We lived in a nice house and we we struggled with different things. It was like so it was able to transcend, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at race. Yeah. So many things do. I mean, to me, it's seeing um some of the newer things, like the things that I, that were like super, super white that have now been um kind of I guess if you're going to talk about cultural appropriation, it goes both ways. And to me, I like to depend on how it's used. If you're used to just profit off of black culture, which we see all the time, that's worse. But if you're showing respect to things and you just love things and this is who you are, then I don't have a problem with that. Because to me, it seems so fun. Like I listen to a lot of Young Dolph and Key Glock and a lot of their album art is just beavis and butthead but as as them like two black beavis and butthead characters (laughs) and there's so much now of like young black rappers who identify through beavis and butthead (laughs) i know what you mean man i mean i just want to see you know i just i just want to see like let's not pander Let's not like make white people feel guilty about every fucking thing they do all the time. It's not about that, you know, or like, or like, do you have to, it's like, oh, we're going to have the wonder years and let's make it all black now. (laughs) You you know what I mean? Like they, that's the kind of things they're doing now. They're going to be like, let's go. I dream a genie, but they all black. Yeah. It's a whole whole other other conversation about like, they don't, you know, just mining nostalgia instead of creating new ip because it's easier and you can't make new stars and it makes people's value easier to control but then that just that gets me off on a whole yeah I, wow i can see that <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be part part three uh, of the podcast with, with, with uh, ron funches i didn't even say who you are i was like welcome to the podcast people Mr. Ron know funches. me they know me from saturday night live sketches they say my name <laughs> speaking of you see how elon Musk is gonna. Yeah, I heard about that. You know, to me, I feel like because Trump's not in office, they need a crazy oh, white guy. Oh, that's what they want. Yeah, they need yeah. a crazy white guy to talk about because, like, they made SNL so much about Trump mm-hmm. that they should send him a gift basket. Mm-hmm. They were winning Emmys. They were like, they they they, they kind of yeah, had this kind of resurgence. Their whole, it, yeah, yeah, and now that he's gone, I feel like they're just like, so how do we be funny again without Trump? Yeah, how do we be? um Shocking. Shocking. And yeah. like, so they said, oh, let's have this guy be on the thing. You ever watched the movie Bullworth? Oh, no, I sure have. Warren Beatty becomes a politician and then he starts saying whatever he wants. He oh, I do remember rapper. that. And I was like, I was wondering if Trump Trump watched that movie and then that's what led to him. 
doing I, what he wanted to do. I, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, it took a whole, it took a community of people to get Trump in office. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't just like, you know, that's why I always say, like, don't call the guy dumb. He wasn't dumb. You don't become president of the United States being dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're a savvy dude. You, you, you know, you surround, he know how to surround himself with, like, you know, say, what, do we, what should we do? You know, I always, I always go back to he had this uh, rally after he was elected and he's talking to the pr- crowd. I wish I could find the footage. I'm sure it's on YouTube. But he's saying so to funny his because right now you look like you could host a right wing political talk show. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and then it's, and then it's uh, it, I can't stand those ones. You where have it's all, one more swoop in your it, hair, and it's all anti black. You know what I mean? Here's what's wrong with my community. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. One of those like Larry yeah. Elder or something yeah, like that. They're talking about Black Lives Matter, but they won't talk about what's going on in Chirac. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> By the way, I have a point about making about that, but just. <laughs> just, just just about Trump real quick is like he's having this rally and he's saying to them, you know, my people told me to say drain the swamp. And I didn't like it at first, but they said I should say it. He's saying this to his followers and he's basically revealing to them, I got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm playing a role too to get to, to get in power and it worked. Yeah. Thank you for not being informed. Yeah, it's classic Carney as a wrestler, as a lover of pro wrestling. As you see a thousand times, it's the guy who goes like, "Oh, guess what? I know a secret. They're screwing you over. Yeah, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. But I always, but getting back to what you were saying, you know, I always like, I I like listening to conservative radio and and conservative TV. I like listening to it just because it's more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like you're really gonna hear like some wild shit, you know, or, or it's gonna make you like either reinforce how you believe, make you think like I wonder, man, maybe not, you know. But the other side is just so like it, there's no real point, you know. It's hard to listen to liberal radio; it's boring. Yeah, when they try to either uh, when people try to out woke each other. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. One yeah. Of my favorite things on Twitter. Yeah, people are like it is and then they go and then somebody else goes oh you mean but what about this isn't this you from eight years ago <laughs> you know man like the woke the wokeness is just gonna like i don't know man i i i, I don't know I, I can't last i mean at a certain point people it's a are fad people yeah. go through fads and just another I, I cultural so. fad and they'll get through it i mean to me there's a lot of positives and just you know individuality and accepting people's individual nature but to just be like so i mean i think especially because we work in communication you know to be like you're coming up to work like you want me to do this and that and this and that and this is now bad even but you're not taking my heart and my tone into right 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 like why always like i always say like when we're doing comedy it's like please don't assume ill intent yeah like, don't assume ill intent. Like, assume I'm coming from a you know this place. I just feel like everything people say online should have the words "to me" at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's real. all. Yeah. That, that's it. Because then, then you're fine. Yeah. So, like, if I if they listen to you and they say like Ron Funches is a racist, that's not how they end it. Yeah. No, no, no. To me. Yeah. And then we can go. Oh, okay. Well, that's how you feel. Let me let me get my own opinion. Then everybody can start to be like, well, what's your opinion of it? Mm-hmm. But when people make these blanket statements, but you know, it, well, that's just not good. I know that from therapy. Me too. <laughs> me too. 
I get my boundary issues from therapy. My own, you know, I, I, I totally, I, therapies, you know, better help. Or my, I, I think I have to do a commercial for better help for this episode. So this is, as we're talking about therapy, better help is a great example of, you know, and, and, and now that their web, because th- they can't put the cat out of the, ba- can't put the cat back in the bag now in terms of like online therapy. Mm-hmm. Cause like it wasn't covered by insurance, you know that before. Mm-hmm. I did not know. Yeah, that. it wasn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't cover the insurance. But then the COVID happened, mm-hmm. and they were they like, had to. they had to. You can't take that away now. Mm-mm. You can't. You can't be like, oh, okay, we have to make people go to offices now. No, no, no. So that's gonna stay. It's a thing. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I. I in some ways, I prefer the online because I'm in my. Um, I feel more open because I'm in my house. Right. Laying on my couch. It's, Better. Well, I, the first time I did it, I didn't like it, and it was because of my own fault. I was laying in my bed. I had my computer on my yeah. lap, and then I started looking at emails, and I was yeah. like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Well, it was stupid. You. That that's was on you. me. That was on me. Yeah, but then the next time I did it. I showed up to one high out of my mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I don't know if we're going to get anything done this week. <laughs> so, so then after that, I, what I did was I sat on my couch, and I put it on the mm-hmm. table, and then I, I simulated the I'm in an office, mm-hmm. and it turned out okay. You know? But I guess, well, you know. I'm a. I guess let me finish by saying like, because what I was gonna say earlier is like, I I totally understand. I've met a few like soup like black conservatives, is what I'll say, or at any time, I've met a figure who was like hard on black people who's black, mm-hmm. right? They come to like you know, you, you stop claiming racism, stop you know, get you, and then you hear their story, mm-hmm. and then I go, oh, I get why you feel this way, because a lot of times it's like they had a dad who was like dealt Jim Crow and had to deal with like some hardships and and then that he he rose and then made sure his family and so they had this feeling like we could all do it yeah you know that's the thing right I mean that's the thing that even I struggle with because I go like I come from a very horrible place you know where mm-hmm. I, um no money no uh, community college dropout negative accounts you know and the stuff and <laughs> yeah. then just being like I will and single dad, you know, yeah. and then like, oh, I did it. Walk, but then I always got to like, I always, I don't forget where it's like, oh, it's hard work. I am in some, I have unique skill sets that are valued. Uh, if I was just really good at uh, woodworking, maybe it wouldn't have worked out that way. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then look, unless you started look. a YouTube channel. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's actually true too, right? Like if your woodworking is the shit, you show people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's ways. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 really just kind of remembering that. All experiences are not the same experiences, and there's value in everybody's different struggle. And like, so it's hard to like making these like because people like to make these blanket statements, and it's like you know, and that's where we we don't we don't discuss things, we don't see different sides, different points of view. You know, life is nuanced, man. It's nuanced. We live in the gray area. We don't live in this sort of absolutes that people that the social media provides. It's all absolutes on social media, and. It's not really the case, you know, and if no. you just sat down with somebody you disagreed with and actually just had a conversation, even if at the end of that conversation you were like, I'm more further reinforced that I don't agree with you, but you also could be, you still come from a place of like, well, I understand where you're coming from. And that's just really what I wish we would get more of. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I like about you and your act. Like that's one thing, the more I've gotten to know you through the years is like, when you first see you or you watch your work at college or even just for my first time I saw you on stage, you're like, oh, this guy's brash and like he's so cocky <laughs> and he's talking about women, but he looks like that. So like, 
So, you. but then you like listen. I listen more to you, and the thing, and you're like, man, he's got you're so much more, uh, more complex and um, thoughtful uh, than a lot of people I think give you credit for, and so it's that's the fun of it, right? Is is finding it and you being know, like, oh, this is the deeper pool than I thought it was. You know what really bothers me, man? If I can like get something off my chest with you, you can. It's my podcast. so so when you you know it's like. You doing jokes? You write your jokes. I like making jokes about women. If if I was making jokes about the animal world, okay, and I was only making jokes about horses, all right, horses could be like, "Yo, man, what's up with the ducks? <laughs> you got you don't got no jokes about ants? <laughs> Why are you picking on the horses? Then, in that case, you could be like, "Yeah, I'm probably singling out horses, yo." There's only two kinds of people. <laughs> there's men and there's women. And there's this small percentage of people who not sure which one they are or they want to be the other or the other. Non-binary. Okay. And the non-binary. Okay. So that's a small, but for the most part, it's 49.999% men, 49.99% women. So I, I, there's not a big pool of people to talk about. <laughs> They're saying, so this is what they say about you? That you don't talk about men? No, no, no. This is I do. I'm yeah, saying, you know, I'm saying. I know, but what I'm talking about is like when you when somebody says that to me, they go, "Oh man," and they go, "Well, you hate women because you make jokes about them." It's like, no, women are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're just so funny and dealing with them as a man, dealing with having a woman in your life, and then or or just just in the peripheral, just your mom's funny, your sisters are funny, your girlfriends are funny, women you work with are funny. Like the the the, the differences in the interaction, that's just funny. So it's like it's just frustrating <laughs> when you like, you know, you're just like, well, who else, who else am I going to talk about? It's universal. It's yeah. universal. <sighs> <laughs> but you know what, though? As you say that, anytime somebody misunderstands you or if enough people say something about you, it does make you go into yourself and be like, all right, well, let me look at these jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me look at this material because if I'm saying this and it's making enough people think not what I want them to think, yeah. then that's all on me. Yep. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. It's your job as a business person. To, right. If you, if, if you put out a product and people are telling you that your project product is labeling you in a certain way, you have to either yeah. adjust or accept it. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've done that a lot of times. You're yeah. like, oh, that's not what I'm trying to say at right, all. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I've had that happen. Somebody comes to you, oh, well, you said this. Like, I didn't say that. It was like, you're like, well, that's what you implied. Anytime, and then you go, oh, shit. Yeah. So, Which is sometimes, I mean, you know, it sucks when someone gives it to you the wrong way and they come at you like a jerk. But yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how they come at you yeah, most of the usually, time. That's what the internet is. People coming at you way. at a jerk. I've been, I've had some positive interactions where people are like, look, I heard this joke. I'm a fan of yours. Right. I, know, I know because I am a fan of yours. I know that you're a good person. So I just wanted to explain this to you, how this came across to me. That was, helpful. You know, when people come at me like that, that almost pisses me off even more. it's long. It's long-winded. <laughs> Or it's like, you know, because like, because you know what? It's going to be the same dumb misunderstanding. It's like I used to have this joke about, uh, you know, I, I'm a, like, I don't like being designated driver. I don't drink alcohol. So people always want me to be the designated driver. And I would say, you know, being a designated driver is like taking care of autistic kids mm-hmm. at the end of the night. All right. If you have autistic kid in your life or you know somebody, you're going to be an advocate. Go, might step to me and be like, 
that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You but and I go, for me, I go, did you hear what I said? <laughs> it's like, have you taken care of autistic kids? Because it's very similar. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's not a it's not a knock on them. It's not you know, you know what I mean? But it, it's like if you assume ill intent, yeah. Then it's like you so when somebody comes long winded at me about that, it's it's still where I go, ah, eh, fuck you. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like I don't, you know, you're 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 making something out of nothing. It's it's like my point is like if you can't understand that that's just a joke, then who are you? Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, it's like uh, some jokes are for you, some jokes aren't for you. Right, 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 right. You know, my son has autism, and would I be like, oh, I love that joke? Probably not. But would I be like, oh, I fucking hate Eric? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what? The thing is, it's all related to everybody's own personal experience yeah, it's all absolutely. anecdotal absolutely you know and this is just, just that's how we deal with covid too mm-hmm. sometimes i'd be like ah covid's not that serious because they've never met anyone or know anyone that's died in their life mm-hmm. and the same on somebody it's just like anything cancer ms every any of these things dementia for me mm-hmm. you know yeah absolutely you know so dementia so if i hear somebody talking about dementia but see i talk about it on stage because that's how i deal with things mm-hmm. but if i heard somebody you know and i'd be like it, it's gonna hit differently with me Good or bad because of my own personal experience. Yeah. So knowing that, how can like why attack someone and make them shit? Yeah. Like we, we want to remove everything bad that you have to say about anything, and it's just go. That's that. That's you being closed minded. Yeah. No, I mean I've like, gone through that personally. Same thing with with autism, where I would I like if because uh, you know there's times where things kind of just become zeitgeist for things, and they just start throwing, and I just noticed that people were like using autistic as a punchline instead of retarded which is the word i don't even like to use but i had noticed that they had started to do that and so that would be a thing that was like well you're just being lazy you're being lazy and you're just you you think this word now is okay right 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 so i had a problem with that but i had to realize like oh i have a problem with that I cannot like it. I can go up and make jokes about it. Yes. I can make fun of them. Right. I have every right to do that, but I don't have a right to just be like, well, you shouldn't say that. Exactly. It's all, you know, I've had this in all different, because I, it's, it, to me, it's a visual joke. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a, you know, so like, even another one, I, I, I said, you know, I had this joke about vegan pizza. You know, vegan pizza is like a transvestite because from a distance you're like (laughs) what do we have here what's up (laughs) but when you take a bite you're like is that dick (laughs) 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 this might be dick you know so that's a strong bit it's a strong joke okay i i stand by it yes but of course of yes, course, I get that too. So, of course, some woke piece of shit is gonna walk up to me and be like, "Oh, you know, you're." It's like I'm not saying anything bad about being. See, this is the, this is the thing where you start to break down structure of language. Mm-hmm. It's like just so people get to a point where if you say a thing, it means that you're saying something bad about that thing. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's like, no, I'm not saying anything yeah, bad about that like, thing. Um, it's happened many times. Remember, like in the, I think like in the early 2000s, late 90s, if, if somehow it's just saying Mexican sounded bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so it's like we just have to find a way. That's where the wokeness has gone astray. It's gone too far because like if you just say one thing, 
you say a word that's a buzzword and now it becomes like, you know, and of course there are certain words where you just go, all right, you know, you got like, you know, midget, N word, F word. You have these words where you go, maybe these words should just be removed, but you can't remove them because they're there. But, you know, as a comic, you just go, do I need to talk about this? Yeah. It's like, do they need to make a joke about, it's like, do they need to make a joke about, um, it's like, do they need to make a movie about Hitler? Yeah. You know, probably yeah. a fascinating, interesting story. But is that necessary? Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah, seen it, done it. Yeah, you know it. what I mean? It's like, unless so I you get got it. Some, unless you got a brand spanking yes, angle, yeah, you some, might yeah. want to leave it alone. So it's, 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 it's just a struggle as a performer, as a comic that you try to deal with. You know, you yeah. really try to like, you know. But well, anyways. I like that, though. Yeah. I like having to yeah, me too. find new things and evolve. And yeah, me, me too movement made us evolve. Find a way to also still be a little shit, you know. <laughs> That's my thing too. It's like I want to be able to still call you a, a, a asshole, you know. And I want at the end of it, I want you to be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. not like well. And so that's the challenge of a comic is to find a way to say the things you want to say, mm-hmm. and them know, understand you even if they don't agree. I know we're wrapping up, but I want to ask you one thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, because you think you're an interesting person to talk about this, you probably be a person who might have strong viewpoint. Um, but like when the pronouns and people use on Twitter, I'm all for like using whatever pronouns you want me to use and to have me identify you however you see fit, especially as, as a father of a son with autism who mm-hmm. changes his personality and his name every six months. I had to call him Courage or Bart or Doug or Tommy Pickles. I had to change his <laughs> name all the time. So I'm like, well, if you won't call me to call you Miss or Ms. or whatever, I got no problem with that. Uh-huh. However, recently, I seem like I noticed that it's another thing co-oping where I see a lot of like straight white males being like, I'm he, him. I'm gonna be like, yeah, motherfucker. We knew that. I thought this was to help differentiate for other people who were trying to get away from people thinking they were you. And now well, you're like... That sounds to me like it's equivalent to White Lives Matter. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's like... Uh, but here, my thing, I always liken it to when somebody turns Muslim. Mm. You turn Muslim? You want to change your name to, you know, Ron Shabazz? Okay. That sounds cool. I just go, okay. This, my thing is this. Give me a second to acclimate myself to it. That's all, mm-hmm. you know. This is this is a it's a it's a new unusual thing, all right. And we're trying to normalize it. It's, it's going to take some of us a second. So if you come at me and you've been Ron since I've met you, and now you want to come tell me you're now Rowena, mm-hmm. for a little while I might still be like, "Hey, Ron, my bad, Rowena." I'm not a devil because yeah. of that. No, I mean, I have real life experience with that. I have my uh, niece who's now my nephew. Right. It takes a second. Yeah, it takes a second because I still go back and I look at old pictures and I go, oh, that's my niece boob. Oh, no, actually. Right, right. It's it's like, okay, because it's not something that we're, this is a newfangled thing that we're trying to like deal with. So our, my generation is way harder to deal with, uh, you know, because now in the future generations, it ain't going to be a thing, you know? Gender reveal parties, they'll go away. Yeah. Blue and pink is going to go away. They'll do them in, when you're turned 21. You do gender. You just yeah, come yeah, yeah. out and you just show your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. am this. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know it was that kind of party. <laughs> you know? So, 
I totally, I totally get um, what you're saying there. It's just again, we just have to. I always say we just got to normalize these things, so it's, it's it's something that we don't have to deal with anymore. Like gay, transgender, you know, the pronoun, all that stuff. It just needs to be normalized, where it's not something we have to think about or even care about. You know, and and once we get to that. You know, we, we care so much about people's race, gender, and sexual orientation. So we could put them in a box and make sure that they can only say and do those things in that box. Mm-hmm. But what we're learning is, like, it's, it's more fluid than that. Mm-hmm. And when that becomes normalized, then we I think we'll just be happier. Yeah, I absolutely agree. When it's, it's a, less even a concern. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what am I supposed to call you? What am I supposed to do Like to be just like, all right, what? At the end of the day, it's like, I don't care. Yes, Ron. That is my whole point. I don't care. So, like, I think most of us don't care. It's like when you find out someone's gay. I'm just kind of like, who cares? That should be the response. When somebody says, "Hey, did you hear that so and so's gay?" Your response really should be, "So." Like, I don't know why that's such a like that is such a thing that people like. Ooh, like they need to know everything about everyone for what? For what? You know, how does that make you feel better? And, and if you feel better, it means you look down upon the yeah. thing that you think that person is. Yeah. And that's why you feel that way. So we got to get rid of that. We got to normalize yeah, all that. Got to let people want to define people. All right. Well, this has been my buddy Ron Funches. He's been hanging out. It turned into a TED Talk. Well, that's all. That's always happens on my podcast. I love it. This is just me. I, I don't know why. Like, I can't be fun like bad friends and. <laughs> Yeah, the scissor bros. Yeah, I can't be fun like that. I don't know it why. It's like too much effort. It's a lot yeah, of effort. Like yeah, come up with bits, and <laughs> downtime, be like, we're going to do this. We're going to put a bingay on our bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, what happened to just talking? Can we just talk? But hey, it is it is what it is. So, and make sure you guys check out. It's in theaters and streaming right now. Golden Arm. Golden. <laughs> Golden. <laughs> It's always a good promo when it gives you say it like a question. Go, uh, <laughs> go see Golden Arm. It's okay. in theaters and on demand. Myself, Bessie Sidero, Mary Holland. Also, please watch Chopped 420 on Discovery Plus. It is the Chopped franchise, appetizer, entree, dessert, mystery ingredients, weed, and hosted by me. Dope. It's great show. Check it out. Yeah, not yeah, and you know, and if you went in the Quibi, did your show go someplace else? Or it's in a Roku box somewhere. <laughs> it's available. Good, so you can still find Ron I've doing his thing. I've moved on from that. All right, my bad. <laughs> and this podcast getting better, getting better. Make sure you check that out too. I got to come do yours now. I haven't yeah. done it because we were, we scheduled it, but then something happened. I had to go out of town, whatever yeah. it was. Let's get that on the books. But thank you for being here, guys. Uh, make sure you uh, watch me. I, I stream. And I'll come over there. Stream Air Griffin Gaming. Check that out. Twitch.tv, Ron underscore Funches. He's online, too. We sometimes play. Um, we only play one game, so I switched out. Well, we can. I can play other games. God. I do. You just don't ever don't see you me. You play Warzone every day for five to six hours so? a day. <laughs> And I still book television shows and cartoons. I, I'm not hating. I'm not <laughs> I'm hating. I'm 
Yeah, people out there hate. They're like, oh, that's all you do. I was like, nah, I'm still, you know, I still, I'm still oh, out here. I love the balance. I'm like, everything my mom said was wrong. Look yeah. <laughs> making money. I got a weed TV show and I get booked through video games. Exactly. Fuck y'all. <laughs> uh, but thanks for watching with Griffin. And thank Ron. Thanks for being here. And I will see you next week. Riffin' with Griffin. Whoa, 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 whoa.